Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. So we're going to talk about different business structures, but we're going to start with a limited company. So what are, what is the most common and obvious benefit of having a limited company, <coughs> apart from tax? And Joanna, what does limited liability mean? We're not personally responsible for, for I don't know, anything for debt of the company or liability if it was sued. I don't know. Okay. That's my understanding. So, so if we get sued, we're not personally liable for any debts of the company. <coughs> when do you think you might become personally liable for the debts of a company? Um, personal guarantee. Personal guarantee. Or, um, what's it called? Um, there's. Okay. Personal guarantee. Yeah, personal guarantee. Oh, there's another word I think. Something, but sometimes it's between. It kind of fluctuates between companies. I remember there was. Another debenture, debenture, yeah, debenture. That's charge, that, yeah. Sunil, did you have something else to add? No, no, I, I agree. It's, a PG, yeah, and it's, I think I was thinking about um, the liabilities, yep, yeah, it's a yeah. So, personal guarantee, negligence, that was it. yeah, or, or if you are personally negligent, which is hard to prove, yeah, because you get these sharks who run up you know, debts and stuff, yeah. or the, and then they close the company and they just do the same thing again and again. I just don't understand why they can't be stopped. Yeah. Mm. They can nowadays. How? Because you've, you've got something called the TAR, the Targeted Anti-Avoidance Rules, which is for abuse of setting up companies again and again and again. Mm. Uh, but by the time... The, yeah, by the by time... Exactly. Exactly. So the first one is a personal guarantee. The second one is if you give a charge on your personal home or a and other property, yeah? Because sometimes a bank may want you to give uh, additional security, which defeats the objective. How common do you think it is to get a loan from uh, a bank without giving a personal guarantee? Zero. <laughs> so Sunil, if a bank asks you for a personal guarantee uh, or uh, on a property you're buying for 500,000 pounds and you put it down, let's say, a hundred thousand pound, a uh, hundred grand in terms of uh, the deposit. You give them personal guarantee for four hundred thousand pounds. Okay, Shamila, what do you reckon? Do we give you, Do we give them four hundred grand? Um, I try and reduce that as much as possible. But if if I really wanted the property, then I'd give it. Yeah. Caroline, what do you reckon? Um, I'm a bit stuck. Sorry. So you're buying a property for five hundred grand. Yeah. Uh, let's say it's a commercial property to do a commercial conversion and you put down a 25% deposit mm -hmm. uh, for the balance of 375,000, would you, and they want a personal guarantee, do you give them a personal guarantee for the whole lot? No, just the part that you, just the part that you are. Borrowing? Okay, you don't even want to do that. No. You can agree a lower figure because what the bank wants is for you to enter into a commitment to make sure that, that basically uh, you're invested in the deal and you're not going to walk away. So don't always sign the person. I've never done this, by the way. I've never signed a personal guarantee uh, for the total amount. I usually do 50 grand or 100 grand. Is that to banks or is it to mortgage companies? Both. 
really? Yeah. If you're buying your own home, obviously, they've got a charge of your property anyway, so the personal guarantee doesn't come into it. But if you're borrowing money... Yeah, so sorry? Has the lender been okay with that? Never had a problem. Really? Seriously. Yeah. Remember, and this is too costly for all of us, generally speaking, and especially if you use the bigger firms. Yeah. Okay? Uh, you can negotiate all the terms and conditions of the loan, every single one. Uh, but if you, if you do that and you're using maybe DLA, Piper, Eversheds or whatever, they can charge you 20 grand to do that. So it isn't worth it unless, unless you're doing, I don't know, three, four, five million pound plus deal. But all of their terms and conditions yeah. can be negotiated. Yeah. Okay? But you need the bigger law firms to do that. Mm -hmm. The smaller ones, that are the highest you want, don't have the uh, experience. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So just sign up. So the, the highest I've done, um, so we got a loan for 1.6 million and I signed a personal guarantee for 100 grand. Because they just want you to be committed to the deal. Yeah. And they know for 100 grand, I'm not going to walk away anyway. So why give them 500 grand for a million or one and a half million? And the lawyers who did that deal for you was what, DLA No, that was just a, a small firm. But I, when I negotiated the loan, I said, I'll give you a personal guarantee, but I'm not giving you 1.6 million. Yeah. I'll give you 100 grand. Okay. And they said, fine. And that was with, I can't remember now. Right. I think it, I, I think it was Paragon, I think. Right. Yeah. But I've done Oldham, I've done Shawbrook, I've done quite a few different ones, 50 grand or 100 grand, yeah? So don't do the whole lot. Yeah? We've ended up doing the whole lot, so we know, so it's like land-based, they just assume that, oh, you go to this list, you get advice, and so don't want the advice, you still have to pay them 300 pounds for the advice. That's a rip-off, because that advice is when they talk about personal guarantees. So Shambla comes in and she's looking after your convincing, she says, I can't do it, but I've got yeah. Tahir here. Tahir walks in and says, sign this document here. Do you know how personal guarantee works? Yes, I do. In that case, off you go, 300 quid plus VAT. Yeah. That is a... Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. We've even said, tell us not to sign it and then you're covered. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah. No, but I do usually, don't I? No, but it's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That part's a bit, a bit unfair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's no way around it, I'm afraid. Because otherwise they're not going to do the, the... They're not going to complete the convention for you. But you're stuck there. Okay, so you have a limited company. Uh, you've got limited liability unless you sign a personal guarantee or give a charge. And you're not going to be able to get a loan unless you give a personal guarantee. That's just the way it works. You want to limit your, your personal guarantee. A comp so if you are, if you own property in your own name, okay, you file your own tax return. If you, ha if you own property in a company, the company files its own tax return. Okay, so you have to file two tax returns, one for yourself and a self-assessment, one for the company, which is a called a corporation tax return. If you own property jointly together, so let's say the two of you own property together, you're going to file your own tax returns. If you form a partnership, you then file a partnership tax return. Okay, if you, if you file a part, partnership tax return, who pays the tax? The partnership or the partners individually? Partnership. The partnership. Okay, if you have a partnership, the partners pay the tax individually, not the partnership. Okay, if you have an LLP, the partners pay the tax individually, not the LLP. If you have a limited company, however, the company pays the tax. Uh, then you can claim entrepreneur's relief, which is changed now to business asset disposal relief. It used to be a lifetime limit of 10 million. It's come down to 1 million pounds. Uh, which I think is a bit unfair, but if you, if you sell your shares in, in your business or you sell the entire business, you claim uh, business asset disposal relief, formerly called entrepreneur's relief, only pay 10% tax. So in your lifetime, 
you want to make sure that at some point you get to claim this because mm -hmm. 10% tax is the lowest rate of tax you'll ever pay in this country as things stand. Okay? Can you can do that on more business? No, you can do it for as many businesses as you like, but you can only claim up to a million pounds. Right. So your first business, Laura, could be 200 grand, next one could be 300 grand, next one could be 250 grand, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. But once you get to a million, then you pay the standard rates. Mm -hmm. So, is there something called Phoenix? Where they, we, were told, we were trying to claim this, we still are. Project, yeah. Yes, and that's where the tar comes in, the targeted anti-avoidance rules. So if you do a uh, conversion and then sell those units, mm -hmm. you can uh, do a, a your voluntary liquidation and claim uh, entrepreneur's relief and pay 10% tax but you then can't go into the same trade or sector for the next two years. So, That's good. yeah, but... It's good that the, 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 the information is, is correct. It's, yeah, it's good that you've something. Yeah, but you might not go into the same thing for the next two years. So you might want to claim it. Okay. But property, 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 property. <laughs> we're, we're already in other development, so that's... Yeah, so it, it's fine. You just keep rolling it up, okay? Second project, third project, fourth project. You'll get to a time soon where you, you'll want to retire or think I want to take a break and that's when you claim entrepreneurs relief. Okay. So keep the funds in there, reinvest them in the next project and on and on and on until you need the cash personally. Because if you think about it and you might need money for different purposes but if, if you want to take out £50,000 in any one particular year, okay, that's going to cost you more than 10%. So you just leave the funds in there and let 50 grand become 100 grand, become 250 grand, become 500 grand and then take it out and you only pay 10% tax. Yeah. So, but you have to take some money out for your personal expenditure, yeah. but leave the, the rest in there and then claim entrepreneurship. The problem you have or the challenge you have is uh, entrepreneurs relief uh, came down from 10 million to a million pounds and there is a lot of talk that it might become zero. So you can claim entrepreneurs relief, you file your information with company's house. So if <laughs> alongside filing your account with the company's house, all your personal information about you is uh, made public through company's house. So if you, if you want to keep everything private, then you don't want an LLP or, an, or a limited company. Have a sole trade or a partnership, nobody knows what you do apart from you, your partners, HMRC and your accountant and, uh, and your bank. Yeah? So sometimes people want to keep their affairs private, they'd rather pay more tax, but they don't want the whole world to know but what's going on. shares are 24% and less, they still don't um, show on the yeah, but report. now they've changed that because because that. yeah because you you become a person of significant control a PSC yeah. so your information still has to be on there yeah yeah even if you own nothing if you own nothing but you assist advise support direct instruct the shareholders what to do i.e. you could be a parent or a grandparent for example okay and you've got certain influence over the company you're a person of significant control. Do you have to show your residential address? No, no, you can show your accountant address or you can show a PO box address. But your name has to be on there and your date of birth is usually yeah, on there. Yeah, because that's the issue. My personal details were stolen and they, they actually used my email. They guessed my date of birth. That's I've seen it happen a few times. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was stolen and uh, they went through the company house details. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen people have have passports, yeah. uh, driving licenses, 
that the clone websites have new bank accounts. I don't know how they do it, by the way, mm -hmm. but they do do it. Yeah. They changed everything, but yeah. Yeah. It was very painful. Yeah. I had a guy yesterday, we know we went to, went up to drop off those documents. Yes. So somebody cloned somebody else's car number plate. Yeah, he's in Peterborough. Somebody's driving a different car in uh, London and he's got a fixed penalty notice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So happens quite often in different scenarios, but there you go. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the management style of how you run your business, even if it's a, a, a limited company, is down to the directors themselves. The problem or the, or the constraint you have with the company is you've got to follow the Company Act, okay? So there are certain things you've got to do in terms of your articles of association, okay, which restricts you. If you are a sole trader, okay, Joanna, you can do what you like. Run your business how you like. All you do is file your tax return, with uh, HMRC every year, and obviously follow the law of the land, but you can run your business as you like. Partnership, again, you've got the flexibility. Limited company is less flexible because you've got to f follow additional rules and laws, yeah? So, uh, and, and then, then the tax is different, which we're gonna cover later on. But make sure you have a shareholders agreement because if you fall out with somebody, what's the first thing people do after they've fallen out? Or what's one of the first things they do when, after they've fallen out? So you both own a business together, you've fallen out, and the business is worth two million pounds. You're not happy with the, with the situation, Laura. What's one of the first things you might do? I want out of the business. Okay, you want out of the business? You're playing you start seeing me. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> he knows. He knows. Okay, and then when you go and see your solicitor, just so you, you ring Sharmila and say, I've got a really bad problem here. Okay, I've got Sunil, he's a so-and-so, blah, 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 whatever. What do you think Sharmila is doing while you're talking her through how much you hate Sunil? Probably ask me where the shareholders agreement is. Yeah. No, she's going to wind you up. Oh, she's going to wind me up? <laughs> no, she's lovely. No, she, she is lovely, but mostly. She's winding you up. <laughs> she's, she's jumping with joy. Okay, thinking, yeah, you've really been hard done by it, Laura. Well, I think you told me so far, okay, this is really bad. I've seen a lot of cases, Laura, but your case is the worst I've ever heard of. I'll tell you what, okay, we're going to sort him out because these men are really bad. And I'm going to teach him a lesson on your behalf. Why don't you come in and see me? And by the way, I only charge £400 plus VET per hour. And, uh, yeah, it happens, doesn't it? Who pays the £400 plus, but is it the business or the individual? The individual, because she's going to be suing you individually. Okay, but if you have a shareholders agreement, you can avoid some of those things. Yeah. Okay, because in there you have an exit clause of what happens, arbitration, that type of stuff. Okay, so it's money well spent. Shareholders agreement will cost you anywhere from, say, 500 pounds to 1,500 pounds, usually about 1,000 pounds from a standard high street firm. It's worth doing. Not in London. No, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I think Come out of London and use firms outside, but you're right. London would probably cost you three grand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you don't actually always need it because your articles can cover this as well. But it depends. they can, they can. You're right, they can. However, when most people form a company, they just want to pay minimum to form a company to have your articles amended, which you can do when you form a company. Will cost you a bit more money. So it's money well spent to do that. Most people don't. So by the time they come to see me or you, Charmila, they've already formed a company. Now to change the articles of association, we're going to charge £1,500. To do a shareholders agreement, we're going to charge £1,000, so it's cheaper to do the shareholders agreement. Yeah? Ideally do both. Yeah. Sorry, Julie. So, um, in one of my essays, we look at it's in a block from when you purchase the freehold. Yep. So they've said that we should set up a limited company. 
And the question is, should we um, set it up with uh, shares or by guarantee? Yeah. And, and the other question is, so in the block there are eight flats, but only six people currently wish to buy the freeholds, yeah. which is fine. But what happens in the future if they sell? and then whoever they sell to wants to come in, what would be the best way to structure? So in that case, there's no intention to make a profit, you're, you're just there yeah, to just provide a service. Vehicle, yeah. So you, so therefore you just need a company limited by guarantee and not shares, because no one's taking any, any dividends. Okay, and how, do, so if we have it by guarantee and there's only six of us initially, Yes. That's fine. And then if the other one of the other two flats is sold and they want to come in, can that's you fine. Add them in? They, you can add them in, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Happens often. Okay. So if someone sells, someone buys. There's effectively no share capital. There's no share capital. That's right. So we don't have to physically put money in, we just guarantee that we will cover. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And because it's, sorry, last question. Because it's, okay. it's um, effectively we're not making a profit, but we still need to file. You have to file, yeah, accounts, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that cost is paid for by, by whatever covering management fees you're charging. Yeah, management yeah, fees. That's right, yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, so if you bring in another party to a limited company, Sunil, so let's say you two own shares in a company and then uh, Julie wants to buy into your company, mm -hmm. what are the tax consequences for you giving shares to Julie? So you own That's a good question. Shares. I'd love to know the answer. <laughs> well, is, it, is it you're creating... You're selling. If you're selling, then there's a tax implication. Yeah. What tax are you, are you going to pay to sell your shares to Julie? No, no, no. You pay. You pay capital gains tax. Yeah. You pay. So if you're bringing in another party, somebody has to sell shares to them. You're paying capital gains tax. What you can do is issue further shares or have alphabet shares, which we're going to cover later when we look at uh, business structure. When, when the uh, company is incorporated, like I said, you've got to go to the company's house, register the name, your address, and your details. Okay, so your information becomes public. That's the time, as Shamal has said, to change the articles of association so they meet with your requirements. And that's going to cost you a couple hundred quid, maybe 250 pounds. Okay, if you do it later, it'll cost you 15 quid plus. If you're in London, I don't know, maybe five grand. Yeah. So if we were to do one by guarantee, would we need to put something in there? I would change the article of association, yes, that's right. At the point when someone new comes in? Yeah, you'd include that plus many other things. Yeah. Yeah. But so initially we would just set it up with yeah. guarantee, and it's only we need to do something different. So there would be a cost of that. So we could charge that cost to the person. Yeah, that's right. And say if you want the share, you yeah. need to have the cost of getting the articles amended. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.